subscribe to this podcast to get exclusive access to the after show shooting the breeze so today we have author mary Kay. is it savaris is that how we pronounce your savaris savaris yes uh, and she has written a couple of books that we'll end up talking about. Uh, but first, why don't we get you to start out just by telling us who you are and a little bit about what you do? Well, it's a pleasure to be here with you, Tony, and your wonderful audience. I am a traditionally published um, fiction author. And um, I love to write with quirky titles. And I write for the Christian marketplace, which is very important for me. And, um, and I know to many of the readers out there and to your audience. And I was born in Brooklyn, New York, and I've, I've moved several places, mostly in um, the New England part of the United States. And now I live in sunny Florida and where it's just getting to be a bit humid. <laughs> Yeah, Florida. I've always wanted to go to Florida. So that's, that's something that uh, is a dream of mine to end up going there. But Oh, we would there. welcome you with open arms. Many Canadians spend their winters here. Yeah, yeah. I, I <laughs> do some uh, work with telecommunications on this uh, as my main job. And he, yeah, they, we deal with a lot of people that we call snowbirds. Yeah. <laughs> so why don't you tell us your testimony and what God is currently doing in your life? What I am so, so thrilled about is that we each have a path in life, and he truly has a plan for us. And the plan that I truly believe he has put me on is to write, to write for him, to glorify him with my fiction stories. And um, that is what excites me very much. And at the same time, he has given me great joy in the fact that he's given me this wonderful gift. And what I mean, great joy is um, we always say God helps us through the most difficult times in our life. Well, for me, writing did help me through some very difficult times when I was dealing with um very severe anxiety and my writing would just help me focus and stay on track and just help me through that time. So I truly believe each one of us does have that blessing from um, Jesus Christ, our savior, our God, that they, he has given us a path. And the other most important thing is he won't let us down. Uh, Obviously what we have are right. It's that roller coaster. There are days I just want to say, you know, maybe I can't do this anymore. But then that, and and that's here. And then the next day, we're back up to here. And he's with us that whole time. Because listen, if everything was so simple and easy, it's it's called heaven. And we're not there yet, right? And then we would be bored. But that's, and he's with us every minute of our lives. So that's, that is my testimony is to never give up. Like he never gives up on us. Yeah. That's a very important message that never giving up. Cause yeah. And, yeah. and writing for me has always been such a, a blessing for me to be able to use and just pour my, my heart into it. 
And uh, I've been actually blessed through these that I'm getting to work with some musicians now in terms of with my music. So that's really exciting for me to get to to start a, a bit of a, a new a new project for me. And mm-hmm. uh, it's it's wonderful how God gives us those opportunities. Yes. Uh, so you say you are a Eucharist minister. Uh, yes. So I did a little bit of research to see what that was. But for my listeners who don't know what that is, can you explain a little bit about what what that means? Yes. Yes. I was raised a Catholic. And as a Catholic, um, you know, this is terrible to say, but it's so true. We pick and choose. Where the, they call us the cafeteria people, the Catholics. Okay, I'm going to do this, but I won't do that. So in my Catholic faith, I've also, I've been there. I was raised in a very strict Catholic household. So when I did leave for college, I did step away because I just, okay, too much already. But something always drew me back. And it was always that much better. And in the Catholic faith, um, what a Eucharistic minister does, it's a ministry of love. We have many ministries, but it is on a volunteer basis. We're not paid. So in the most simplest terms, um, at masses, we assist the priest in um, handing out the Holy Eucharist. And we can help the priest in any other ways with our congregation. But one of the most uh, wonderful things that I enjoy in being a Eucharistic minister is going to nursing homes. And that has given me so much joy because they welcome you with open arms. And the lifelong friendships that I've had, unfortunately, you know, as yourself through COVID, I mean, these nursing homes were closed and we lost a lot of the people. They're much older in the nursing homes. Some, yes, to COVID, but some just through just just their age and natural causes or other afflictions they were dealing with. But that to me was just the most wonderful part was bringing them the Holy communion and sharing time with them in the nursing home. They have such wonderful stories to share too. I just, uh, it's really, really interesting listening to, to all the different things that they've seen in their lives, Mm -hmm. like the elderly. So I think that is wonderful. Um, As an author, what inspired you to get into writing? Well, you know, I've always had all these ideas that I said someday I would love to put them on paper. But um, getting married, raising a family, working, volunteering, everything went on that back burner. And finally, at the point where I have three children, the um, oldest was starting to um, look at colleges and she had gone off. I finally said, I have to prove to myself I can sit down and bring all of these um, ideas. I love to write um, in fiction and I love to write in a fantasy world or um, something regarding mystery and adventure. And that was the first task was to sit down. And I'm an overnight success, a 10-year overnight success. It took me, my goal was to be traditionally published. And it took me over 10 years, rejection after rejection. And um, to, right? And you have to build a thick skin. And finally, 
it was over 10 years and I was approaching a big birthday and I just, I have a lot of patience and I love, this was my passion. I loved what I was doing. And I just, I was, I was angry and I turned to God and I remember being in my Catholic church and I said, God, how much longer do I have to wait? Rejection after rejection. This is continuous. I have no more patience. And God is funny because a contract came in and it was the, my first contract. So he said, see, I told you, <laughs> just have faith in me and it will happen. And that, and that is the absolute, I mean, it's a gem for me to, to share that with anybody that um, after I said that, I, got, I had just lost patience with God and, um, and that, that contract came in like immediately after that. Yeah. So. yeah. God knows he's got his time and we don't yes. always understand the waiting, but I think it, it prepares us oftentimes more than we, we, we realize. <laughs> I, and those are the things I think, you know, we have to have patience, but divine, you know, we hear about divine intervention. And the other thing that would always, I would be reading something, a magazine. And you know what was always popping up for me? Divine timing. It was, Mary, just hang in there, but it's going to be on the time, God's time, not your time. Yeah, that's exactly what I found with, with the podcast even and stuff. I started out doing devotions and I asked God about doing interviews. I did one interview and then all of a sudden it like flooded into me doing five or six a week and, and being booked up solid all the way into August now. So it's, yep. <laughs> it's been a roller coaster and God just, you know, he's just taught me, you know, in my time, I give you things. That's that's exactly it. You've also won some awards in your writing. Uh, why don't you tell yes. us about that? Oh, you know what? I am so thrilled and I'm some, so humbled because it is very important, I was told as an author, once you do get to that point where um, your book is published, you then try to get reviews. And those reviews can be wonderful. They can be terrible. And um, the other thing you are told that it's necessary is to um, submit your book for an award. And that goes, um, and you're in wonderful company because other authors um, who are exceptional and their work is exceptional are doing the same thing. And you are up against them. And the people that review these books are, I mean, just top notch. And they are looking. And I'm, I'm always told from my editor, can't do that because, because the, the reviewer will kill you. The, um, you won't get yeah. an award. And... Um, so my first book, and as I said, when I was introduced, I am known as an author who loves to write with quirky titles. My first book, which is a mystery romance intertwined with supernatural, excuse me, with spiritual or the supernatural, but um, a spiritual twist. And um, that book, Tigers Love Bubble Bats and Obsession Perfume, who knew? Well, there's a whole story behind that title, won eight awards. And um, I am so thrilled and humbled. My second book, which is the first of a trilogy, and the title of the first book is The Girl in the Twelve Wallpaper. It is a fantasy adventure intertwined with romance. That has won 
for cover so far. And just recently, we've been submitting because it was published at the end of 2021. So you have to wait until 2022 yeah. to submit that. Oh, I just received this a week and a half ago. I am so humbled. It is a finalist for first place or um, the grand prize with um, um, Chanticleer International Book Awards. So I won't know that until um, the month of July when they make that announcement. And uh, excuse me, June, it's June. So I'm, um, I am very, very thrilled to be amongst company of some incredible authors. So thank yeah. you for asking that. <laughs> well, that process is definitely, there's a lot of work that goes into that. I know. And uh, editors are, are, are great. Um, when I did my first book, they made me change the beginning of my book um, just because uh, they're like, well, in order to catch the reader a little bit more, how about we put this part yeah. in there? Um, and so definitely listening to them during that whole process that, they know. <laughs> yeah, I, I truly feel, I, and again, I, I had, through my whole journey of wanting to be a published author, I prayed and I continue to pray because I write for his glory and um, I want to praise him with my writing and I write for the Christian marketplace. But I also believe we are truly supposed to be evangelists. And what that means is, I want to reach the people beyond the Christian marketplace. I want to reach others through my writing. And that's where I believe we are here to evangelize and to spread his word. And that's how I believe that I am doing his work is through my writing. Yeah, exactly. The Great Commission. I think that's something we always have to keep yeah. in mind is, is that the, the final part of Matthew just telling us we got to be, be the, the spread the gospel to, to the masses. And I, I definitely. So why don't you tell us a little bit about um, your, your first book there, the, the tigers love bubble baths and obsession perfume. Who knew? Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Yes. Okay. That um, the, I think the most important thing about that is to begin with how that title originated. I had visited a wildlife reserve in St. Augustine, Florida, and it is a home for old big cats, tigers, lions, panthers, cougars that are brought there from um, maybe cable shows, TV shows, movies, even people who had them as pets. And at the end of my tour, I walked up to this vat overflowing with bubbles. And this vat was 15 feet wide, five feet high. I was behind a thin, um, you know, a thin screen and out walks this 600 pound Siberian tiger, saunters across the plank, jumps into this bubble bath and the wildlife um, handler sprays obsession perfume on his tongue. And I was so mesmerized watching this because this jungle creature just became so human. And I loved, I said, that's the title of my next book, Tigers Love Bubble Baths and Obsession Perfume, Who Knew? And it became a metaphor. And it became a metaphor for being tossed aside like an old shoe, just like these big cats are in this reserve. And my protagonist, Angie Pantera, after 25 years of marriage, was tossed aside like an old shoe by her husband. 
And again, I brought in my Catholic faith. And um, that's where I bring, it's not myself, but I bring in the background that I had growing up as a Catholic, um, leaving it, coming back, and God always bringing you back and your life being a roller coaster, but he's always with you. And that's what my um, protagonist, my main character, Angie Pantera, experiences. She's always running away from God, but it's so much divine intervention that goes on. He's always bringing her back. So um, again, that's where the um, influence of my Catholic faith and all of these wonderful things I said, I'm writing for the cat, for the, um, not only the Catholic marketplace, but the Christian marketplace. And what I did was at the time when I was writing the manuscript, there, um, were some things that were changing within the Catholic, um, mass. Some of the ways we would begin reading, um, some introductions. And I incorporated that into the story because what we find nowadays is our Catholics, many Catholics are leaving the Catholic church and many young people, and we want to get them back. And they're not aware of some of these changes. So I was able to incorporate that, all of that within a fiction story. Yeah, and definitely young people are leaving the church and in in great numbers and it's very sad to see it uh i've talked to other people about that on, on my show before about how we deal with that because it's 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 not good yeah. that that we're seeing a lot of them so out of touch w- with the church and i think we need to to focus on trying to get them back like you yep. say yeah now tony i'm not sure how it is in your area but in my area so i live in connecticut outside of the capital um called Hartford. And um, I lived there for 30 years. So I literally have watched the church um, where it was, everything was level. And then within the last 10, 12 years, we saw such a decrease in the membership within these Catholic churches, they started to combine them. And what they had to do was before we were just supporting our own Catholic church. The um, we have um, diocese. They have actually come in and they've gone to the 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 healthy, the strong churches, and they've asked that we do a little pooling of the money and contribute to help these other um, poorer churches so they can survive. Some of them, right? Some of them can't, and they need a new roof. And we're talking twenty, thirty thousand, even more. And so that's what's happened in the Northeast. But I will tell you, pleasantly surprised moving to Florida several years ago um, in the area that I live in. And I'm in southern Florida on the East Coast. I am surrounded by many Catholic churches, newer churches that maybe have been built in the last 30, 40 years. So they look very contemporary, but they are filled. I mean, except for the time with COVID when they were closed. They are filled, not with just old people, because in Florida, you expect to see a lot of old people, mm-hmm. families. Oh, so that just has warmed my heart that at least here, it's still thriving. In the Northeast, um, we're on a downward slope, which is very, very sad for me. Yeah. Um, and going back to your books, the 
start of your trilogy. Why don't you tell us about that book um, and then uh, where you see your trilogy going? Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Um, yes. Um, my The first book in my trilogy, the trilogy is titled um, The Star Riders Trilogy. And the first book in the trilogy is The Girl in the Toile Wallpaper. Now, your audience may say, what is toile? Now, toile is very much an everyday item, although you may not call it toile. But what it is, it's very artistic wall covering or, um, or fabric. If I can just hold this oh, yeah, up, the you'll see. Yeah. So toile is something that tells a story and it is so distinctive that it usually is two-toned very vibrant and I had this all over my house in Connecticut so much so I would walk by this wallpaper and I would say oh I see mystery I see love there I see betrayal and I said I am going to write a um story uh, a novel that is going to be I love to write in fantasy adventure and I am going to intertwine that with romance and what I did in that writing was there is um, I don't know if you're familiar with St. Patrick's the breastplate one of my favorite prayers and I incorporated that into my novel as one of the characters. I introduced one of the characters and what always bothered me, I'm thinking, okay, if this gets published someday, if they start fighting me on taking out that prayer, I'm going to fight tooth and nail to keep that in there. And well, they did, but they moved it around a bit. So it's actually beautifully done within the novel so I'm very proud of that and that was bringing the prayer into it and um, again it's um, I write for the Christian marketplace so the reviews that came in basically say it's from young adults to older and they compare it to Doctor Who or they compare it to The Wrinkle in Time. Mine is written from a Christian perspective. And nowadays, sometimes in the publication world, you could be fought on that. But I have to honestly tell you, I've been, my stories have been welcomed with open arms. I am with small publishing houses and they've been very wonderful and they've worked with me. And um, the Tigers love bubble baths. There is quite a bit regarding um, the theme, the themes that take place, and they and it's a Christian theme, and they were wonderful to work with. So that's great. And yeah, when can we expect your next installment in this in the series? The um, I am currently in the process of having the second book. I'm working with the editor on the second book and that will come out at the end of the year. And then the following year we begin editing the third one. So there, there'll be one out a year and uh, my books are everywhere in any independent bookstore, Barnes and Noble, anywhere they're, they sell books. It might not be on anybody on, on the shelf at the moment, but um, just give them my name and they, they can order it. And I have an author website. I have a site that I am so thrilled about, which is called the Star Writers Trilogy. Um, and that is, we are trying to bring in um, the younger readers because um, this is the Girl in the Twelve Wallpaper. As I said, it's um, 
uh, we're looking at teenagers and um, and older. But you know that I mean, kids nowadays they read up. So yeah. um, I'm thrilled that this is a novel that parents do not have to worry about or grandparents um, allowing their children to read. There is nothing in there that would be um, inappropriate for that age group, even nine to 12, if they wanted to um, um, read up. And my other book, um, The Tigers Love Bubble Bats, that is more for 35, I would say, uh, and upward. Yeah, and it's nice to and refreshing to have people writing stuff where it's like parents don't have to worry because yeah, you do have to yeah. even with movies and shows, we make sure we yeah. watch them before our kids watch them because yeah, you never know what's what's and, in there these days. Yeah. <laughs> and that was really I have to tell you, if you want to ask me what was the impetus to actually get start writing and uh putting the words on paper. It was um, in Connecticut walking into, at the time we had borders and they have since gone bankrupt, but it was very much like a Barnes and Nobles and you have the Barnes and Nobles um, bookstores yeah. by you. Okay, so this was borders at the time, just like a Barnes and Noble. And at that time, young adults was just becoming very popular, but they didn't really arrange it because you think, hey, young adults, fine, a 12 year old, uh-uh-uh, my daughter picks, it was, young adult was just becoming popular. She picks up a book that we walked in and I'm looking around, well, she spent quite amount of time just looking through this book. And then I found out why, because it was geared. They were trying to push it for the 12 year olds, but, but there was sex in it. There was drugs in it. And so it was very inappropriate for that age. Yeah. So, yeah, and, and I, and I said common. to myself, I have a lot of stories that I think would be wonderful for the Christian marketplace and for these younger people as well. So, so you also have your, your main website, um, mm -hmm. .com, Yeah, and we'll put that in the description so people can find Thank you, you online yep. there. www.marykksavarese.com. And yeah, please, um, um, you can contact me through that. We have trailers. Um, I bring you to other things into it. And I do give away books once a month. So, um, yeah, please contact yeah. me there. Yeah, for sure. We'll put we'll that in the description so people can find you because I'll make it really, really easy um, mm -hmm. for people to find you there. And what kind of hurdles and challenges uh, did you face in the publishing industry? You talked about 10 years. So what yeah. were the, those hurdles and, and challenges in that process? Oh, back then, um, we still had the snail mail. And um, actually publishers, even publishing, big publishing houses were still open to an, uh, you know, up and coming writer. Um, those times have completely changed. So I went through that whole cycle of, and it was continuous, the rejection. So those were all the hurdles. Oh, you can write, but it's not what we're looking for. And, I, you know, there's one thing I can say, you know, any budding writers out there, if you're chasing that latest um, trend, it, it's not going to happen because by the time you get there, they've moved on to something else. Mm -hmm. um, come up with some ideas that gives you passion, because if you have that passion, you're going to be able to write about it. 
Um, so I always felt that was very important. But yeah, it was just one rejection after another. And then you think once you are finally published that, oh, it's going to be much easier. It not necessarily, because again, they're chasing that latest trend and what you, what you're trying to push, they may not be interested in. So I, I ended up looking for another publisher. And at that point, the publishers want a series. So I said, oh, I've got this one book. Okay, I can do a second and a, and a third one off of that. So yeah, those, those are your challenges. And working with an editor, it's always a love-hate relationship. They are absolutely wonderful. They take the manuscripts that writers submit. It's not what you eventually open up in a novel because it's gone through so many hands and through so many creative editing processes. But um, always love your editor because they are there for you to make you shine. But it's tough and it's very, very humbling when they're crossing out everything, as you know, oh, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you got a lot that they take out and then they suggest adding something else here or you're missing something here. Yeah, yeah, there's definitely a lot to that process. Um, oh, yeah, how- my whole book, my whole book, my, one of my manuscripts was completely red red crossed out completely it's like okay why did you even want to work with me to begin with yeah so how have you seen god at work throughout this whole writing process and your writing career always and i call it god's coincidences because um sometimes you know you're you're at the point where you might want to give up on something and then it's like it's a miracle that happens and I like, I love God's coincidences because um, it's just him always being there to help you um, through your life, through your joys, your, you know, a- a- and your low moments and your sadness. So um, I think that I'm always encouraged by that. And I'm always in awe of when something like that happens and people know, and people know what I mean by God's coincidence, mm-hmm. things like, you know, you, you, like, I, like just for example, um, let's say you haven't seen this person and all of a sudden they show up and, and it's such like a wonderful reunion. It truly happens for a reason. So um, the, I call those God's coincidences and that's, that's helped me through my journey of writing you know, where you have 50 million um, rejections and you're ready to give up. And all of a sudden it only takes one person and that person comes to and says, Hey, we're interested. So. Perfect. And so you uh, also, you mentioned a little bit of advice, but uh, what's some advice uh, that you might have for, for young Christian authors out there who are trying to get in the market? Yeah. Young, middle-aged, older seniors, I don't care what age you are. If you have, if you still have that passion in your heart, never give up and never give up on yourself because um, we know everybody's out there to put you down except for God. People will say, you're not good enough. You're not this. You go like this, la, 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 la. (laughs) And you just put your passion into it. And I can promise you because it happened for me, not overnight. But I can promise you, if it is part of your soul, if it's part of who you are, this is your passion. Stick with it because it will happen. It may not be overnight, 
but it, but it'll happen. And you'll be like me. You'll be, God, when was this finally going to happen? I'm going to be 90 years old and I won't have an Apple published. Yeah. So thanks for that. Do you have any final thoughts you want to share with us before we uh, sign off and uh, head into the after show? What, um, as I said, um, it's very important for me to pass this on to young people um, because there's many times and anybody, they can be so down on themselves is to please never give up on yourself. You are the most important um, person. God has created you in his likeness and he is always with you. So never give up on yourself. Very important. And uh, thank you for, for being on the show and uh, sharing that with us. And uh, look forward to uh, discussing a little bit more with you in the after show. Thank you. Well, I have just been uh, blessed with so many people who are requesting to be on the show. And I'm impressed with how many people want to share their testimonies or what they're doing uh, for the Lord right now. Uh, if I haven't got back to you, I promise I will get back to you. Uh, I look forward to, to speaking with each of you and interviewing you. And uh, keep tuning into the show. There, there's lots of, of new people that are coming on here. And if you're considering uh, wanting to, to come on the show, uh, just shoot me an email at tpeters745 at gmail.com. And uh, I will get back to you.